This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth. And it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Glenn Trillo from the Stewart Group. How are you going, Glenn? Very well, thanks, Ken. And today I've got a topic that is probably dear to some people's heart, but other people got no idea what it's going to be talking about. And it's uh, share market volatility, uh, a different perspective. But before we get to that, just remind our listeners, the Stewart Group, where are you? Sure, we're based in Hastings at 204 Caramu Road. Now, you're not just about shares, you're about a whole bunch of stuff to do with money, aren't you? We certainly are. I mean, we, we do the um, wealth planning and um, portfolio management. Yep. Uh, we do KiwiSaver and also risk insurance, you know, life insurance, income protection and the like. And you're not just for guys who've got loads of money, guys and girls, you, anyone can come and see you? Yeah, they can. You know, yep. I think um, we cater for all types um, and all backgrounds and um, I'm sure we'll be able to assist you. Now, you want to talk about share market volatility. Tell us oh. a bit about it. Yeah, this has been quite topical, especially of late. Um, At about Waitangi weekend, our time, um, there was a bit of a, someone described it to me as a wobble in the share market over there. Um, And and the US market fell by about 6% over a couple of day period. So that's a significant drop. Now, we haven't seen that since the global financial crises. Um, The Australian share market by about 5%, and also in other share markets around the world as well. And that was driven by um, the concern in the states that the Federal Reserve was going to hike interest rates. And of course, if you hike interest rates, consumer spending goes down. Uh, people have to spend more on their um, um, uh, loans and mortgages and the like. So th- that was a real concern. And um, so that hit the US stock market, and then that flowed into other stock markets around the world. And certainly in the media, um, they loved it yeah. and gave them a new story. It was blood on Wall Street and you know, <laughs> yes. stocks are being sold off in a fire sale. And they, they, they had their couple of days of uh, fun with that. So it's been quite topical. Why does that happen? I mean, um, I was just thinking about it before we came. Like a dollar's a dollar. You put it in the bank. You don't go and draw out all your money when there's a bit of fluctuation. But why... Why do we get so concerned about shares and the value of them? Why do we think, let's get rid of these? Oh, my God. Yeah, and look, I mean, um, if you use um, the property analogy, I mean, if the property uh, market dropped in value, would you suddenly go out and start selling your your properties, your rental properties, your holiday home, whatever you may have, your family home, just because it's fallen in value? Mm. You don't, do you? Um, And yet market volatility, share market volatility, has been with us for as long as the share market has been here. It's completely normal, it's natural, it actually needs to happen, which may sound a little bit peculiar, but it it also provides an opportunity for long-term experienced investors to buy shares at a lower cost than what they could the week before. Yeah, you say that it needs to happen, and that's what they call market correction, isn't it? It is a market correction. It is a market correction. Well, what you you don't want to see, if you have a real run on, on the market, and that is to say it was going up and up and up and up, to a levels which is a little bit eye-watering, and we've seen it before, and you have a big market correction. You don't want to see that. What you want to see is little corrections along the way because the market will not, over the long term, will increase in value. We know that. Mm-hmm. But if it's 
continually going up year after year, you can probably expect a, a quite a major correction or significant correction. Okay, think of it like an earthquake. You almost rather see little tremors along the way, and not sure. just one big one. Yeah. You know, it just sort of relieves the pressure, and um, so it's perfectly normal. Yeah. Mm. So why should we expect a correction, though? I mean, just to get my head around that. If, uh, if the stocks keep going up, and you think, okay, they can't really go up any higher. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they reach twenty-five dollars. Yep. Um, I guess the person who owns those shares would like to see them go to twenty-six, twenty-seven, thirty dollars, whatever. Of course. So, um, why do we then get that correction? Where okay, why do people start selling it because they want to just get back what they've invested plus? Is that when the correction happens? Yeah, I mean, there's various reasons for corrections, but if you look at um, if the prices just keep going up and up and up, at some point, someone the um, buyers of those shares will just say, actually. No more. Yeah. We're not going to pay you for or buy those shares at that price because we don't believe that it is worth that mm. amount of money. Okay, um, and so that's why you know you'll see the volatility. But when when you see a little bit of a, a small correction, and that's really what happened in um, the global markets three four weeks ago, it was a modest correction. Mm-hmm. On a single day, it was quite significant, but within a week, much of that had been regained. Okay, because the world. The sky wasn't falling in. No. And, um, you know, it's, it's, when you look at a um, share price, it, it takes into account um, millions globally or participants um, around the world um, or their knowledge to make up that share price. Mm. So it's very difficult to have some sort of insider knowledge to try and pick in time when this yeah. stuff is going to happen. Why mm. don't you see those corrections in the money market, in the bank? Why aren't there peaks and troughs like that? Yeah, I mean, shares have always been more volatile, mm. haven't they? Um, people are more, as an investment, they, they see shares as, and rightly so, longer term will return a better profit to them. Okay, um, They are impacted more by, there's just more participants in the share market. Yeah. Okay. Um, and because there's more participants, they, it's also subject to people's um, almost whim. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it sort of, what happened in the US around Waitangi time, our time, the markets got spooked, which is another way of saying that mum and dad investors got spooked. Mm. And they and the media picks up on it, it gets into the media, that starts drumming up a bit of a fervour, and then you see the sell-off. What I will say, though, is when you have a sell-off like that, and there was quite a significant sell-off, for every seller, there's a buyer. Yes. So the media would say, oh, look, this is um, stocks are being dropped and fire sale. Well, but they didn't then report on the other side saying, well, actually, you have these canny investors saying, mm. thinking to themselves, I can buy the same shares today for cheaper than what sure. I could last week. So there was a buyer for them. Yeah. But that's not what they report on. No. I suppose it's like when the, uh, the housing bubble bursts and everyone you know, eats their shirt. Some guy comes along and picks up those cheap houses. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And um, if you wait long enough, it comes back again. Yeah. Right? So. Is the share market, a share market more so for people who might want to play, I don't know, high-stake poker game for want of a better, whereas mum and dad, they want to play cribbage, they're probably better off to put their money in the bank because sure. they tend to worry more about what's <laughs> happening with their money, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. They do. No, the, the share market is um, for mum and dad investors as well. Yeah. Um, it's important that... 
as an investor, as mum and dad, you are aware um, of what your appetite is for volatility. It's not so much risk. A lot of people call it, what's your risk appetite? Mm. It's more about your volatility, um, appetite for volatility. So, you know, how comfortable are you on seeing your uh, funds move around, you know, um, the highs and lows, the troughs, if you will? Um, how does that make you feel? Um, and if it keeps you awake at night, then you're probably going to have not a high weighting towards shares. But if you understand and you accept that long term, the share market will give you the the better return than most other forms of investments. Mm. There's an argument that actually you go more into shares than you do yeah. turn deposits or cash. Or, yeah. We spoke with Nick a couple of weeks back, and we were talking about uh, Fletcher Building, mm. and. Uh, I can't imagine there's too many people lining up to buy Fletcher Building shares at this moment, but he did indicate that, look, hey, that's just what happens. You know, they're going to come back, and that's what happens. Like you're saying, they come back, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, Fletcher Buildings is quite unique. Um, yeah. It's sort of a larger construction company. They're, they're in trouble. We know, we all know that they're in trouble. Um, yes, I believe, I agree with Nick. They, I think they will trade their way through it. But it also shows the importance of diversification. Yes, indeed. You'd be concerned as a investor if much of your invested wealth is all in um, in those particular shares, mm-hmm. okay, in Fletcher shares. Um, but if that only forms a very small part of your overall share portfolio, it's not actually no. a big deal. If uh, my finances were a pie, how much of my pie would you be recommending uh, as a financial advisor that I have in shares and in other options to sort of, you know, make me not quite so susceptible to market volatility with shares? Mm. Really does depend on you, um, you as an investor, yeah. uh, what keeps you awake at night. But really, not so much that, well, not only that, what are your goals and objectives? Um, what's your investment time horizon plays a part? What is it you're actually trying to achieve? So, so some real financial planning and goals-based planning comes into this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney at Stewart Group, our clients are typically invested in shares, and this is global shares, yep. and fixed interest, or bonds is another name for fixed interest. So bonds and shares. Um, and we do anything from pretty much 100% share portfolio down to 100% bonds and anything in between. So what we call a balance, you look like a balanced Person, yes, Ken? yes, would be balanced. So, yeah. so, so, <laughs> so, as a balanced person, or a, you know, a balanced investor would have fifty percent shares, fifty percent bonds, and that's sort of just um, walking that tightrope between um, you know growth and also providing an income. Um, Once we bought our shares, should we sort of turn off and not bother worrying about them for six months or 12 months because if you're looking at the share market every single day, they're up and they're down and you think, oh my yep. God, what's going on? Um, is, is it, should we not bother looking at it? Don't bother Just looking it. at it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's numbers on a page. Yeah. Um, if you, What I will say is those people who are particularly concerned about volatility in the share market, what happened in the States um, a handful of weeks ago with a drop in share value, you still had the same number of shares. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you if you had two thousand shares, you still had two thousand shares. The only difference is it was worth a little bit less the following day. Yeah. Okay, so you only actually lose money if you crystallise those losses, and you crystallise them by panicking and selling. Yeah. So 
watch for your knee-jerk reaction and just understand that volatility is part of investing in the share market and it's actually to be embraced for many people. It just gives you an opportunity to, for those fortunate enough to have spare money, gives them an opportunity to buy shares at a lower cost. Yeah. Mm. What are some of your golden rules about buying shares or living with volatility? Mm. As I mentioned um, a little bit earlier, um, if someone is selling, someone is buying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even in the more extreme times when there's a, a, a run on stocks and people are selling them down, there's a buyer for them. So why is there a buyer? Because the buyers know that's a great opportunity to buy. Um, market timing is really difficult. Um, in fact, trying to pick and time the market is a bit of a fool's game. Um, just very quickly, what I'll share with you on that, I, we looked at some numbers. Have you invested $1,000 in the Australian share market uh, 16 years ago, 2001? It'll be worth about 3900 today. Mm-hmm. If you missed the best 25 days during that 16-year period, it would be worth about 1400 today. So the difference between 3900 and 1400 Yeah. So 25 days, there were almost 6,000 days during that time period. And have you missed just 25 of them? You lost that big time. What a difference. Yeah, absolutely. It's a difference between over 8% per annum as opposed to about 2% per annum return just because of 25 days. So trying to pick and time the market is is a fool's game. That's a good point you raised because if we just sort of look back a little bit on Bitcoin Mm -hmm. and now you hear about uh, computers doing the buying and selling with uh, or the algorithms or whatever. Yep. Um, in the old days, you has, used to have to wait till the market opened. You had to get the paper or get on the phone to your broker, buy, sell, mm-hmm. and everything was probably quite a bit slower. Mm. Has that changed um, market timing? I mean, because you can be fluid 24 hours a day. You can be very fluid. and um, But but the the arguments against market timing is the same today as it was mm. 25 years ago. Um, trying to pick it. How do you know when you're at the very high, when you're yeah. at the low, and when to get back in? And I see some people. I look at KiwiSaver. I, I met with a KiwiSaver client a couple of weeks ago, and he has changed providers four times. Mm. Now KiwiSaver has only been out for about ten years now, but mm. he's changed providers four times because he was chasing. He was either looking in the news newspaper, seeing who was the best performer, yeah. or he was getting nervous about um, the share market. Four times. He and I know he has lost out on market return because mm. he's trying to pick and time it. And yeah. It's foolish. Um, diversification, I think, as we mentioned, um, spread the risk across countries and market sectors. Just remember, nothing lasts forever. Moderation is good. Um, probably not a bright idea to load up on buying shares when the market is really high. And yeah. many people do that because I think I've got to get in because mm-hmm. the market's going up and up. Um, and discipline is rewarded. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, uh, staying in the seat, looking at your long-term goals. I suppose this question you can't answer. When's a good time to get out? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> difficult question. Well, the the best time is if you if you knew when the market was at an all-time high because you're selling your units for the most money. Yeah. Right? Um, but when do you know? Yeah. I, I think it really down to your per. What are what is your reasons for getting out? Is, not, is, is a key, so you need to explore that. Is it because you're a nervous investor? Is it because you've achieved all your goals? Um, so you really need to look at, have you achieved all your goals? What is the reason for getting out? And ideally when the market is high, but how do you know that? How do you know? You know? Yeah. We have um, 
we have clients that will see us from um, time to time that will say, Glenn, we, I have a fixed cost. I have to pay, say, $150,000 in four months' time. It's a fixed cost for whatever the reason. They may be helping out their children purchasing a property. Um, because we know that, we may decide to sell down some of their shares progressively mm-hmm. over that four-month period we, to get average market value. We may decide actually, because it's a fixed cost, we're going to sell it today, and keep that hundred fifty grand aside in a um, small interest-bearing account. Because if you leave it and you don't do anything, Murphy's Law says sure. in four months' time the market has dropped, may have dropped, and you don't want to take that risk. I wonder someone like myself who might be, uh, you know, sort of a nickel and dime investor, mm-hmm. and it's probably a little bit like Kiwi Saver. You know, you get to sixty-five, or you retire at sixty-seven, you decide to take your funds out because you want to buy that motorhome because you're probably not going to leave your funds in there because sooner or later you're going to go off to the other side, aren't you? And why would you leave it behind? Sure. So if I've got all this money invested in the share market, would there be a time in my life that you might say to me, hey, look, Ken, um, you, know, you could leave that those shares going, mm-hmm. but if you crack off tomorrow, what are you going to get out of it? Would there be a time that you might say, as an advisor, I think we should sell up? The, yeah, this is a conversation we have so often with people. Um, yeah. The first uh, KiwiSaver um, is a great topic because first thing I'd say, I think what has been quite prevalent in people's thinking is when they get to 65, they take the KiwiSaver yeah. money out. And yet you would have an expectation that you would live for another 20, 25 years. Yeah. Right? So that money sh- in an ideal world would help fund your top up to your super or your government super for the next 20, 25 years. So you need to be thinking that time period and not just take all your money out of 65. So once you've um, um, understood and agreed with that, um, you then have to assume that you're going to live to an average age, an average life expectancy, Okay, unless you're actually suffering from a particular illness that you know that will cut short your your life. Mm -hmm. So you have to assume you're going to live to an average life expectancy and then ideally try to have a plan in place, an allocation of those funds in place that will give you an income until about that date that you expect it to, um, you know, to reach your demise. Mm. Okay? Um, otherwise, you run the risk of having a great time in the short term, yeah. spending that money, yeah. and then waking up thinking, and I've seen this happen, thinking, oh, heavens, I've got a few years ahead of me and I'm only on National Super. Yeah. And that can be a pretty basic standard of living. That would be. So then you've got to sell your house and you know, move in with your kids. Jeez. I'm sure you... <laughs> and, to think, and to think you brought your children up and you wiped their noses and looked that's after right. them, they, they often don't want to reciprocate, do they? Yeah, that's right. I certainly wouldn't, would you? No. No, no well, <laughs> am I on air? Well, it depends if yeah, my parents are listening. Right. <laughs> Good on you, Glenn. Just about out of time. Just remind our listeners, we want to come and see you at all for anything to do with financial advice. Just remind our listeners where the Stewart Group are. Sure. So we're in Hastings at 204 Caramu Road. We are open from 8 a.m. to about 5 p.m. five days a week, Monday to Friday. And our best contact number is 0800 878 961. As was a pleasure. Look after yourself. We'll talk to same time, same place next time. Great. Thanks, Dan.
This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.